Hi, I'm Robert Martin, and this is the Men of Magic Podcast, a one-on-one interview with the best that Magic the Gathering has to offer. This week's guest on the Men of Magic, Hall of Famer, and one of the most consistent players ever on the Pro Tour, Raphael Levy. Good afternoon. Hi, good morning. (laughs) You've been called the most consistent Magic player on the Pro Tour. What does that mean to you? Oh, really? Who 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 called me that? That's very nice. There's been articles about that, that you're constantly day two. You're like automatic day two. Well, when I do make day two, I'm still happy. It's not like I'm getting to a tournament and saying, okay, well, what's what's happening from day two? I still have to struggle on day one, struggle on day one. But, uh, yeah, it means a lot to me because, uh, well, while I'm not winning the tournaments, I'm still doing well, and uh, it still means I'm, I'm still in it. So after so many years. At 15, you were on the Pro Tour. What was that like? I started playing when I was even younger, obviously, because I would have not qualified. But I started playing when I was 13, I think. So it took me two years to get into the PT. But I don't know. It, went, it all went so fast. Like, I started playing. Then I was like, oh, that's a competitive game. I, I like to win, so let's let's see what I can do. And then I started winning the tournaments and then got to the... Got to the PT and said, oh, well, these people are just a little better than me. Oh, well, not for long. So then I got better. Then I got to Worlds, and I did fun at Worlds in uh, 98. So like, yeah, well, they, um, I can play this game. I show the world I can play this game. So from there, it was just like, it was a great feeling to see that I could beat actual, like, older people, and that felt great. Really remarkable being that young and playing with the best players of the world at that age is phenomenal most of us at 15 are worrying about you know what school's going to be like and there you are playing with people like finkel and kai and things like that that's pretty phenomenal at that age well did i get quit school then i still i was still attending school and i never quit i never quit school for a magic but it was this, like the side activity i really liked and i really enjoyed you've played over 3,000 matches in your magic career does that amaze you that i it's tough to figure because 3,000, 3, that's how many a year? That's like, a lot. It's, I don't know if that's, I'm sure other people would have played more matches than I did. Maybe not at the PT because I know, I know the stats. That, they showed me this, uh, Rich Hagen did a lot of stats and showed me a lot of stats about my magic career. And it says that I won the most matches on the PT. It's, it also says, that I lost the most matches on the PT. So uh, I don't know if it's comparable to anyone else. I would be interested to see what other people have. But, yeah, that's a lot of matches. That's a lot of hours at the table. There's nothing wrong with having being the person that's won the most Pro Tour matches of all time. I mean, if you've won the most, more than likely, you've probably lost the most. I mean, it's amazing how consistent. Well, there are formats when I don't do well. Like, those are the formats, like, for example, the last one, the last draft format, M12 format. Draft format, I really didn't. I, I hated it, and I couldn't win in it with it. So, I guess that that contradicts a little bit your question. But why do well in, in most formats? Uh, let's see. If I could, if I if I had a, like an answer for that, it would be that I can uh, figure out a little faster than uh, the format than other people. I don't really have to uh, play that much a format to understand how how it works. So I guess overall, the, like the time I put in training and preparing for events is a lot more efficient than 
like maybe other people. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. I think how it works. One of the decks you're known for is a mono green land destruction. Something that's very unique. And how did how was it so effective? Wow, that was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, that deck was amazing because back then it was, it was in what ninety ninety eight or ninety seven. I believe so. Uh, there was the old old Mulligan rule, not not Paris Mulligan. So that meant that when you had uh, uh, zero land hand or a seven land hand, you could mulligan seven again. Like you could do another hand. Yeah, that's that's an old rule. Like a lot, a lot of people forgot about it. So that meant when you have a one lander, you had to keep it. And when you like get it destroyed on turn two. Yeah, it's pretty much game. So at that time, that deck was really good, really consistent. And I still believe that was the best deck in the format. What is your all-time favorite deck? Hmm. Like, usually the, the, uh, the decks you, you prefer are the ones you win with. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious. But uh, I don't think I have a favorite deck. Like even the Zoo deck I played when I, was, when I got really successful with, that I got really successful with, I'm not sure I really love it. It would make me like won me a lot of games, but I don't actually love it. I like playing. I like playing and winning, but there's no real favorite deck I have. So there's no pet deck you would go back to if you could play one. Just kind of you play whatever's whatever wins right now. Yeah. Well, whatever wins and that I can win with, because there are a lot of decks I can't win with. Like some, like I, I I'm not really the control player, so. I, I, even if the if the best deck is the control deck, I, I don't think I would play with it. I would win with it. So why shy away from the control decks? It's just not my style. I just I just there's there's a vision out of the game, and that's not the way I want to play the games. That's not the way I uh, I win the games. Like uh, it's it's difficult to explain. I guess it's a whole like I think I wrote about it a couple of times, but. Uh, how can I say it? You just—it's just not the weapon I can—I can do well with. You, you know, it's like you—you you fire with a gun and then you, you get a, a rifle and then you can't shoot the target. <laughs> I should tell it's a—it's a weird comparison, but that's the only one I had right now. <laughs> We're going to talk about two of the players that are considered the best two of all time, and your records first them. You are currently three and zero lifetime against John Finkel, a record that few people can ever claim. What is your secret of success against John? Uh, it's because uh, I played with him like 12 years ago. Like the, the, all three games were like 12 or 13 years ago. And back then I was I was winning and I had that real fire and I couldn't lose. So anyone against me would just I would beat anyone against me. Was it John Fickle or anyone else? He was he was like the legend back then already. But I don't think it was a secret. I was just on fire back then. <laughs> you also have the opposite against Kai. One in ten. What is it about Kai that he is so successful versus you? I think it's one in eleven. The last match. <laughs> the last. The last match we played, I won, and that was that was a big thing for me. After being 0-10, I was like, I had to have the pictures taken and everything when I signed <laughs> papers. Yeah, well, I don't know because Kai has this. Like I still, I believe he's the best player of all time to ever play the game. So, and he has this thing, and 
I don't, I don't think they play as well against Kai as against other players, and that makes him like a real tough opponent. I don't know why. That's just psychological, and you may think, yeah, he's a pro. He's that, that these kind of things don't affect him. Doesn't affect him, but they actually do. It's it's tough playing against a really tough opponent and knowing he will never make a mistake against you. It's you usually play worse, and even though you you telling yourself, yeah, it shouldn't matter. Well, in the end, it always does. So it's probably I probably could have won like fifty percent of these of these matches, but I lost most of them. So I guess that's the answer. Mm. Who are the players that you currently work when testing for the Pro Tour? Currently, I work with the people I travel with. That's always been the case. Like, like five years ago, I used I used to travel with the Dutchies, Yelger, Julian, and all the all the people I traveled with. But now I'm mostly traveling with some uh, French players, the new French players, not the Ruels, because they're not playing so much anymore. Like people you probably heard a little bit about, like uh, Lucas Florent, or uh, last year. French national champion, Julien mm-hmm. uh, Paris. But they're, they're cool people, and they're still pretty good. When you test with them, is it almost like you act like a mentor for them? I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I know they're playing a lot more than I do, because I, I, don't, I don't actually play a lot of Magic outside the PTs and outside the, the GPs. So they usually play a lot more than I do. So in the first place, they have to not to teach me, but to show me what's what's going on, because I'm I'm reading all the stuff online, but I don't actually play the cards. So they say, okay, this wins, this doesn't win, and then when I after I catch up, then I can say, okay, well, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good. So I don't think it's a mentor thing. It's more like an exchange. I have I I I bring what I have to the table. They bring what they have, and usually. That's how it works, but I don't think I, it's, it's much of a mentor thing. Out of the group you work with, who should we expect to be the next one making a top eight of the Pro Tour? Uh, hopefully all of them. But uh, Is there one in particular that you see that could get there first? Uh, they're going to be pissed if I say nobody. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not that I think nobody will make it, but I hope all of them make it. But I'd rather not say anything. Okay, that's fine. Over time, you have a lot of people that you call friends on the tour. What do they mean to you? Well, uh, yeah, I met, like, in the last 15 years, I can say that most of my friends come from the magic background. Like, a lot of them. My older friend, my, like, all the, all the, all the friends I know from forever are, like, magic-related people. I, uh... Celebrated my 30th birthday uh, two weeks ago. And I thought, okay, who should I invite? And then I'm like, oh yeah, uh, this guy, this guy, oh, the, these these people. Oh yeah, but from where do I know all of them? Oh, yeah. Most of them are from Magic. And I thought, yeah, my friends from, uh, I'd, li- I'd love these people to come over. And they're from Germany, from Sweden, from the Netherlands, from everywhere. And they mean a lot to me. I would have loved to have the, all of them at, the, at my birthday, but it's kind of tough. And when you travel around, you're like, okay, what's the next location for a GP? Oh, Amsterdam. Oh, I have to, I have to see my friend Julian in Amsterdam. I haven't seen him for a long time. Uh, let's hang out and like do a lot of stuff. That's that's what I feel about them. It, they're they're kind of close, even though I'm all the time. 
even though you go to play Magic, you just described that the interaction with the players is almost more rewarding than the actual tournaments itself. Is that true? Well, it's a different thing. It's a social thing. The tournament is more of a of a challenge. Well, in the beginning, when I was 15, I went to tournament just to win. That's all I did. That's all I played for. I played, I played to win. Now it's it's a little different. Like you grow older and it's things you can you take things with a different perspective. And now, yeah, things are very different now because the people I used to travel with, they're not the same anymore. Like, all the... And most hall of, most are all Hall of Famers now, and they kind of took a step out of the game. So when I go to Pete, when I go to a tournament, I'm like, yeah, well, I'd rather have fun now. Have fun and win. But if I go just to play, it's a little boring. Like, I, I, like, I like to have both now. Tell us about Grand Prix Milan, another amazing run, another top eight, second place. Well, I have to say it was really relieving because the, the last time I top eight was three years ago, and back then I had a really good, I had a really good run. I had at least a, a top eight a year, at least, and then in two two thousand eight I had like three or five, and then nothing for three years. And I'm like, oh, man, am I ever gonna make it again? It feels like I made a lot of top 16s like, until now, between 2008 and now. And I felt like, oh, I'm never going to be at the top, in the top eight again. It feels so bad. And the 2,000 people every tournament, I used to win because there were like 1,000. But now there are 2,000 and I can't make it. I, it's so frustrating. And then I also got back from a really bad like run of tournaments. I had Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, and Montreal. I was chasing PD points to level up. And I only got three points of this three tournaments, the three tournaments, and it really felt, it, it, it felt really frustrating, but now that I think about it, I, I pretty much think it was because of the M12 format, I didn't get the M12 format, couldn't master it, couldn't see any, any out, so I just scrubbed out the whole, the whole uh, season, that, that's the, the M12 season, so when I got back to Milan and I drafted and uh, played the Innistrad Limited, that was a real, real difference, because I love that the new format. It has so much depth. You have so many things to do. There are so many ways you can like build your deck and draft your deck and uh, aim at a specific uh, ID for your deck that it rewards good players. And I like it. And I hope that I'm not mistaken. I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's gonna go on. And uh, yeah, making second place was a huge thing for me because. I could also level up right away and get my ticket to San Francisco, which was really good, and then put me back in the race as well. And, uh, yeah, winning felt great. Uh, <laughs> and seeing that so, that so many people were supporting and rooting for me, that really felt good. Because, well, even though you say I'm, people say I'm consistent, it feels like most of the new players don't, don't really know me. They heard about me, but they say, oh, yeah, who's that guy? Has he updated, like, any time lately? No. Well, they, the people don't check the top 16 list of the like top 16 of the of the uh, tournaments. They just see the top eights and uh, and yeah, it felt good to be back. One of the things that when they talk about putting a resume together for the Hall of Fame is Pro Tours or Grand Prix top 16s and top 32s. They talk about as a supporting factor for your top eights and wins. The amount of Top 16s, all that is is either 
a tiebreaker that went bad or one game loss or a draw that separates you from top eight, that's still tremendously difficult to do now with 2,000 people at tournaments. And I think a lot of people are missing that key factor. Definitely. When in uh, Singapore earlier that year, I finished nine on tiebreakers. That was heartbreaking. Well, there was I finished 11th in Nagoya with, uh, on tiebreakers as well, but this that was a different story. I stood 1-3, so I had no hope whatsoever. But in Singapore, that was really heartbreaking. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, play my title back because that was – but no, that didn't work out. But, yeah, that was that was really frustrating. But then, yeah, another thing about the second place Milan is that I really wanted to win. I didn't have, I haven't had that for a while. Then you know when you start winning, you have this this rush, this this will to win again. And during the top eight, I was like, okay, come on, let's just let's just play on. I just want to win. Just give me another opponent, and I just I just play to win. And I really wanted that fourth title, but yeah, didn't work out. <laughs> so does that mean when it comes to worlds now that uh, the focus is fully back on now. The focus is back on because I don't really have the fear of not making what I was aiming at in the first place, which was level six. Now I'm level six. Now I'm aiming at seven, level seven. And uh, yeah, I would love to make level seven, but the the I'm I don't have I'm not playing under pressure anymore, which is a lot better. It's it's usually better playing under pressure is the best way not to win. You have to play with like totally free mind. Say being confident about the way you play, the way you win, and the way you uh, you uh, you play the next game. So you finish your game, say, okay, I'm just gonna win the next round. It's not let's not look too too much ahead. Just say, okay, just play next round. Just win next round. Let's see what happens. What has been the the worst moment for you so far in Magic? There's one. It's come. It's haunting me at night. It was back in 2000 in the world at the European Championship in the finals against Noah Boken. It's, it's it pains me to talk about it, and I threw away the match like big time. I should have won 3-0, or and I lost it 3-2, and that's what I'll never get. I'll never get back because, and I really I, I don't. I, there's a video somewhere, probably not like Noah has it, and I, hopefully it doesn't like listen to this interview so it doesn't bring it back. <laughs> But I played the worst I could ever play, and I just gave him the match. And that I couldn't sleep for like two or three months, and it still it still hurts like big time. Saying like, oh man, I, I played so bad, and it's, this is the, tr- the trophy I'm, I'll never get. I'll never get back. This this is a title I'll never get because I well I screwed up, and it really pains me. Every time I see the, the finalist trophy, it still, it, it still pains me now. And it was t- 11 years ago. Definitely my worst time. Okay, what about your best in Magic? Uh, it was probably... I guess I have... Yeah, a couple. The best? I don't know what, what the best would be. But it always comes to like winning. Like when the first time I won in Lyon when I was 15. Back then, I, like, I knew I would win. I, there was there was no doubt in my mind when I when I was top eight I was like yeah well it's what three matches more yeah okay bring it on and when I won I was like yeah okay that's that's there's no there's no disappointment I know where I'm at I know I know what I can do let's 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 play more tournaments and win more tournaments so that was a really good thing 
And then there was the Hall of Fame thing, which was... That meant a lot to me. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it later. You talk about randomness in an article being more relevant than luck. For a lot of people that play Magic, you will hear players say, oh, he got lucky, or he drew the nuts. Can you explain to people why randomness is more important than actually luck is? Uh, yeah, I think people should dig that article and, and read it, because I think, I think it's really interesting. But uh, I don't think there's any luck. Like, if, if I have to sum it up, I would say, uh, okay, there's no luck. In, in whatever you do in life in general, there's no luck. Luck is just something people just invented. Randomness is what it's about. And if you, if you manage to make a difference... You can become a, a, like a better magic player and, and overall like a better person. If you say, okay, oh, uh, that's so bad, bad beat, that something like hit me and uh, I can't do anything. No, what do you have to say? Say, okay, something happened to me, and what's the best way I can deal with it? What's the best way? I can? That's that that will happen. Bad things will happen to you all the time, whether it's on purpose or where you like looked for it or you didn't. And uh, you have to understand that. That happens to everyone. And in the, what it means in a magic game is that, okay, someone, your opponent's will top deck. You will lose because you'll be mana screwed. And that has to happen. If it doesn't happen, there's something wrong because, well, you're cheating because it has to happen. And uh, once, you like, once you understand that, you can step forward and say, okay, now I have to fill all the holes in my game so that random factor is not affecting me as much. Cheating in magic. Do you think it still happens now? Uh, of course, it will always always happen. Well, I don't know how much cheating is. I don't know how much cheating there is on the PT, but or on the on GPs or everywhere. But this is probably still cheating. The small cheats, which are just like uh, forgetting, not like forgetting intentionally. Tell your opponent he's like forgot to untap. No, not to untap, but to trigger something. It happens all the time. Like the, the, these, you won't you won't be able to like take, get rid of it because it's. I'm not saying it's normal, but people will tend to not say anything because there won't be there won't really be a sanction for it. But the bigger cheats, cheats like drawing extra cards and stacking your deck, probably still happens, but I don't know how much. You write a lot of articles that go more than just pure strategy, with things that help any player of any level improve. Do you like writing that way? I think it's the only way I can write, because I don't really, as, as I said earlier, I, I don't really play Magic that much, so about the, the new things, I, I don't really think my, uh, my opinion is really relevant for players, because they... they like normal, like casual players, normal players, pro players, they probably play a lot more than I do. So, but but by, by the by the time of, by the tournament, I'll probably catch up and have a lot more to say. But it's gonna be too late for people to learn from me. And I really love, I really love to write about uh, like all the strategy and all the the idea be behind the game. Timeless articles, articles you can read in one, two, three, five, ten years. And it would, that would still be relevant. So you can dig the article and say, okay, oh, all right, oh, I could, I could, I could learn from that. Take any article on like Star City about the meta game or about type, about standard, about modern, about whatever. 
take it in like two months, it's already dated. You you won't learn anything from it. So I think I think that's my contribution to the game. That's 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 what I, I want to do. Like have like references. Like if people want to learn about magic, say, oh, what 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 article can I can I read to get better? Say, okay, yeah, just just take my old article articles and then and try to learn from it. And I ho- hopefully that 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 help and will help more players in the future. A lot of players have started to write ebooks or like Chapin did the next level magic book. Is that something you would be interested in doing down the line? The last series uh, I I wrote uh, was a little bit about like I wrote it in with that in with that in mind, and maybe maybe I'll take it I'll take it again and. Uh, like improve some of the points I uh, they were not cl- very clear and with the the comments I got improve a couple of paragraphs and lines. I don't think I would make a book out of it, but uh, maybe have a little have it a little uh, better presented. Let's say, like say, okay, this is this is a series of eleven or twelve articles. I don't know if I can say exactly where they were, but can I or I don't know. It's a question to you. Okay. How easy is it to lose your focus when you play so many tournaments? Uh, it's very easy. It's very easy. How, how do you, how do you uh, define focus? A, a lot of times you'll see players that may lose a close game and they'll get upset and it'll carry themselves into their next match instead of just dropping it and focusing on the next match. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very easy. Like psychologically, this game is so hard because when you talk about luck and uh, random things, when when you think there's luck in magic and you say, "Ah, oh, I'm on the bad side of luck," there's there's no. This very it's a lot harder to recover from a loss. Like you lost, like ah, oh, you're so down and it's spiraling down when you start losing, and it's the other way around when you start winning. Uh, but it's it's very it's very uh, it's a very strange thing because you see players who uh, have really really hard streak hot streaks like LSV like last year this year I don't know or Yuya this year and they win a GP and then they win again the next the next week or the next the next month you see they're on the run and this this focus they have like okay I can't lose that's what I, uh, I talked about earlier this this hot streak it's Part of the focus and part of the psychological part of the game, and uh, yeah, if you, if you manage to put aside all the all the bad energy uh, related to a loss, then it's a lot easier to like go go on and win again. What is the best set that Magic has ever made? Hmm. I would love to say that this one is the best. The Innistrad one. I, I I I really like. The more I play, the more I enjoy it because it's it's it has a lot of depth, a lot of things to do. And after that, maybe uh, I really love Shadow more. Yeah, had a really good design. Maybe a little too aggressive, but I really love the fact that you could do a lot of things in very different ways. Uh, do you have any issues with the new dual sided cards? Not really. It, I thought it was a little, uh, I don't know. It could have done it a little differently, but honestly, it doesn't matter. 
Like, okay, it's a little awkward during the draft saying, oh, okay, I should show the credit cards to everyone. But in the end, it doesn't change anything. Doesn't affect how you draft if you see someone grab one of those? Yeah, but it affects everyone the same way. Like, everyone has to show the cards. So on the long run, it's just, it's not, like, everyone starts with the same weapons. That You start with the, fa- like, double-faced card, and uh, everyone everyone does. So everyone's at the same level. So the same as- so, it will affect the traps a little, but not, not in a bad way. When you made the Hall of Fame, what was that moment for you? That was a very big thing. Very big thing. Because back then I, had, I really wanted to make it, but somehow deep, insi- deep inside, I had this feeling that I kind of didn't deserve it, because I, I, I didn't make as many top eights as some other people. I had played the game for a long time. I had made a lot of results. I had won a lot of, a lot of matches, a lot of, a lot of points, a lot of money. But I still hadn't won a PT. I had only one GP win, and that was, that, that was a starting point to like uh, a second. How do you say that? Uh, second life to my career. Okay, now I'm Hall of Fame. Now I have to show people that I, I deserve it. That I, that was not just because they needed five people, so they took me. I was second in the in the in the in the votes after uh, Bob Meher. So I was like, okay, so I have to show people like I can still play and I I will win again. And from then on, when I uphill, I won this, the the two GPs later that season. I top eighted uh, PT again. And yeah, now now I feel that I that that the ring I got was uh was not a fluke. Do you wear the ring? Or is it somewhere kept that you keep it to look at? It's on my bookshelf. No, I can't. I can't wear it. It's too big. My fingers are too small. <laughs> is there any other goal you have left in Magic to do now that you're Hall of Famer? You've won. Oh yeah, definitely. I still want. I still want to. I still want to win a PT some way. It's like so, somewhere, somewhere along the way, I want. I want. I want to win. I want to win a PT. I want. I want to do. Like do f- like better than what I what I do now. I, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if I if I'll make it. If I'll uh, manage to uh, to actually like top eight a PT again. It took me three years to top eight a GP. So I don't know how long it will take me to top eight a PT again. But yeah, hopefully I'll do that. Who hasn't made the Hall of Fame that you think that should? That should. That yeah. means someone who hasn't made it and uh, like from the previous. Votes yes. or yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't really know because there's so many people now. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. Why is Magic such a special game to you? Well, because it's it may be what I am now. Because it's uh, it's been a big part of my life now. I'm 30. I started PTL when I was 15. So the yeah, the next, the next, next world championship is my fifteenth, I think, and well, fifteen, fifteen years of world championship. It's like half of my life. So it's uh, it made like my, I made the name in uh, in like in this very special world where people know me, and uh, that's 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 a, that's a huge thing. Is there a day you envisioning not playing Magic? Maybe when. Uh, Enters in conflict with uh, like a family life, 
that I don't really have at the moment. I don't have kids. I'm not married. So uh, maybe at, the, at some time, at some point in my life, when I have kids, then then yeah, that that, that that's probably going to be a problem. But we'll see then. When you're at events, who do you enjoy watching? Uh, I like to support my friends. I like to see to uh, to be there when they win. You know this uh, when you play. Winning is winning is a good thing. Winning is a good feeling, but I don't think there's a better feeling than having to like high five a friend when you just won. That's that's the best feeling. It's, and you see that shared, not just sound like a random guy saying, "Oh yeah, good job, good job." Like someone who actually who's who was rooting for you is, "Yeah, I'm happy you won." Then you make people happy, they make you happy, everyone's happy. So I'm li- I like to be here for my friends when they win and they actually do well. Does playing on camera bother you at all? Uh, not really. The thing is, like when you play on the camera, you play a better player, so you have more chances to lose than against a bad, like a bad player. So, but now playing on the camera is not it's not a problem. Is there any situation that you feel you're at a disadvantage when you play Magic? Huh. Uh, that's a lot of. Uh of, uh, how do you say that? What's the word I'm looking for? A lot of words uh, together in that sentence, yes. <laughs> well, I, I don't, no, not really. Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. It could be, could be anything. It could be, uh, I don't think so. So you don't mind large crowds around you when you're playing? No, not really. Magic's starting to progress. There's a significant larger younger generation of players coming into it what advice can you give them on how to get better at magic hmm. that's a question that I'm I'm asked all the time and uh, there there's so many ways to get better at magic but there's no this like you start you start the game what, what I think about being good at magic is that when you start playing you have you have talents or you don't. If you if you're really good in the beginning, then you can improve and become a really really good player. But if you're not, if you if you don't have it, then you can improve, but you probably won't reach the level you think can you can reach. And that's I know that's that sounds a little pessimistic, but it's pretty much the same in like every in everything in like in everything in life. If you start playing tennis when you're ten. You would never be as good as someone like who has talents who started before you. But I don't, I don't know if it makes any sense. But let's say if you start if you start young and you really you know what you're doing and you you understand the game really well, then there's a chance if you practice well, if you talk to the right people, if you tr- if if you think the right way, then you might just make it to the top. If you think okay, I start I start from nothing. I'm not sure I even have time. I like the game, but I'd like to improve. Then it's better not to have like have high uh, high expectations. So how to improve is how how do you improve the game? Uh, how do you improve like your game? I would say uh, I'm not sure. Train a little bit, not too much because if you don't, if you 
I don't. I think this question I have to. You have to ask me again because I kind of lost. In, I kind of got lost in my thoughts. <laughs> how would you tell somebody that's young how to improve magic? Uh, yeah, that's that's a question that I'm asked often. Let's say, like training is a big part of it, but. If if you don't think you can make it to the top, then training a lot is not going to make a difference. If you have talents and you think you're good, then you'll make it. And uh, don't try too hard if you can't make it. But that doesn't mean you. Uh, oh, damn it! It's so hard. This one's so hard every time I ask. Because <laughs> I, I wrote so much about it, and it takes forever to answer this question. And in a few minutes, I don't think I can answer that one. Magic was ending tomorrow. Okay, okay. There's no more magic, all the cards gone away, the game's going away, poof. And okay. you could have one more match against anybody. <laughs> Who would it okay. be? I'll play against Noah again <laughs> and claim my title from European Championships back. <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> that's the only thing that's on my mind right now. <laughs> Put the title on the line. And it's you against him for the rematch. Yeah, same deck, same things. I play again, kick his ass, <laughs> and uh, erase all the all the shame I had in my back at that time. When people come up to you and say hello and congratulate you and do things like that because of you know how you're playing and how you have played, is there a special kind of feeling you get from that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it feels. It feels great. This, like, last weekend, there was there were so many so many people rooting for me. Like in the top eight, people I didn't even know, people that that probably heard of me but weren't sure who I was. Like, oh, this is this is Rafael Levy. Okay, let's. And then after after the match, I after like my quarters, and the people just come to like, yeah, come on, come on. I, I I I'm rooting for you. If you if you, even even though everyone's Italian in the top eight, I'm Italian and I'm rooting for you because uh, yeah, I read I read about you and uh, it feels awesome. It's it's great to have some support even if you don't know it's there. It feels great. If you could, if I could tell you, you're only going to win one more tournament. Okay. It's going to be Worlds. Yes. It's got to be Worlds. Oh yeah, definitely. Would that be enough of a Capper to your career. Just, uh, I think like with what Kai won in his career, just as long as you don't top Kai, you haven't won enough. <laughs> and it will take it will take a lifetime or I don't know two or three to win as much as he did. So now I don't think this this is gonna be kept. I think if I, if I even if I win a PT, I. I would play on to win another one till I till I win me till I win more than Kai. And probably if Kai's listening to this, he's gonna be laughing. I'm sure it's like, yeah, no way he wins as much as me. <laughs> is that like the ultimate goal? Because Kai has set the standards so high. When you're at the level you're at, is that what you look at? I look at like being like even more consistent, but not in top 16s in the top eights. That's 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 what I'm aiming at. That's what that's what I want to have. It's it's so hard these days, so I don't know if it's even possible. Do you think that when players get into the Hall of Fame, and Kai's work schedule gets in the way, and um, and Finkel comes to a select few tournaments because of 
his job. Do you think that Magic needs more of the Hall of Famers to come to the Pro Tour events? There are so many Hall of Famers now. Um, I'm not sure it makes a real difference. Uh, uh, I'm not sure it makes a difference. But if I could tell you that, let's say, the next major Pro Tour outside of Worlds, after that, say that you knew both Kai and John were coming. Mm-hmm. Would that raise the level of expectation from that Pro Tour from people? Mm. Like, they're, they're waiting for them. They're, uh, they're like, oh, Kai's coming back. Oh, he's probably too bad because he hasn't played in a while. Well, last time we said that, it was a GP Paris and he top eighted. That was earlier this season. So, so yeah, they, they're curious. People are curious to see how, how they fare, how they do. So, yeah. Have you had someone, when they played you in a match and have beaten you, say, wow, this is really an honor to play you and win? Yeah, yeah, not too long ago, yeah. That, 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 that felt great, even though I lost. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we can add this that you'd like to talk about, as far as Magic or... Yeah, well, Magic's a great game. Uh, I like it, because I've been, I've been playing forever. But, and even though it should be, like, it could be in the th- center of your life, you should do other things, and that, that's, that's what, that's what's been in my life too. Like, I've been doing other things for, like, for a long time. My life hasn't been only magic. I'm working on the side, I'm doing a lot of activities, and, uh, that's, if you want a healthier life, don't just focus on magic. Do a lot of things and you'll enjoy magic even more then. What are some of those side things you're doing to help maintain your magic focus? I uh, do a lot of sports. I, uh, I work too, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, might sound strange for some people, but I do. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep myself busy. Do you do a lot of magic online? I don't play a lot of magic online. I don't play very much Magic like outside the preparation of tournaments. So when I play Magic online, it's just a week before or two weeks before the big tournaments. You said you're coming to Worlds this year because you received the ticket. What is your expectation this year from Worlds for you? Expectation? I usually, like, I prefer not to have expectations. But okay. Okay. Hopefully I can, I, can do, I can do well. I'm missing a couple of points. Like I'm missing seven points, I think, to level up. So hopefully I'll make it. I have two more GPs in Worlds, so... Where are you going next? Next is uh, GP Amsterdam in, uh, well, in a week. And then GP San Diego in Worlds. Okay, and when you go to Amsterdam, what's the format? It's uh, Legacy. How does Legacy work for you? Well, Legacy is a white format with a lot of people claiming they're the best because uh, they only play Legacy, but... I don't think they're they're better than any other pro. Like starting to play Legacy and say, okay, I'm gonna play this and kick everyone's ass. I think I think pro has a lot more chances than a, a regular Legacy player. Well, I'm gonna hate a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but sorry guys. <laughs> Do you like GPs and pro tours back to back? Yeah. Well, for the the travel organization, it's a lot better. Because like going to uh, going to San Diego and Worlds makes a good opportunity to just not go for like 
Let's go for a, a 20, 30 hour trip to just play one tournament. If you play two, it's a lot better. Is the expansion of the GP's season, is that good or bad for Magic? It's tough to say. They, they, they put a lot of thinking in it. So hopefully it's good, but it's very hard to say from, from now because we only have the three first months of the 2012 season scheduled. So we only have, I think we only have three GPs in Europe and you have, uh, eight or nine GPs in the US. So I don't know how it's going to change things. I don't know how it's going to change for uh, the POI race. I don't know how it's going to change for a, uh, pro player, uh, Proper club, clubs because they haven't made the announcement yet. So uh, it's tough to say. Hopefully it turns out well. Is that interesting to be able to sit there and go, I level 50 at it, and you see other pros that are like 43 and realize that they're eons away from you? No, nah, like this, this doesn't change a thing <laughs> at all. It's just like bra- bragging rights, but like, <laughs> or, like when you're bragging about being level 50, it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't even want to like talk about it. I <laughs> <laughs> just like, look at it and say, oh, he's level 50. Good for him. Yeah, good for me. Has the new rating system as far as what tournaments are worth as far as their multipliers, do you think that's going to affect what people do and how they play? We'll see. We'll see how it work, how how it turns, how it works out on the first P, first and second PT. See who qualifies for the PT, who makes the FNM finals, how many tournaments you have to play. Because people don't have don't know anything about it. They just play and say, okay, maybe I'll do it. I'll just play really hardcore and say, okay, I'm going to qualify. And it's going to change in the beginning, and then then we'll see. It's probably going to change a couple of things, but. Not as badly as people think. Would you go to an F and M just to get more points? Well, I just I just found out that like playing the GPs makes so much points. Like I haven't played any. I've, I've played only the, the GPs and the PTM like 13s on the on the season. So that would qualify me for the next PT with the airfare. And I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna turn. How it's going to turn out in the, in the next I don't know few weeks. It ends in December, I think. The season ends in December, so I don't know. I don't even know if you can actually qualify by just playing FNMs. So it, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I don't know. I don't know if that makes any change. That it makes any difference. It makes any difference. Well, you've had, as of right now, your career has been quite fascinating from the fact of being able to travel everywhere and being so young and being on the tour and just. And I go back to it. It's consistency. I know you say you want to be consistent top eights, but when you're listed 15th, 14th, 12th, it's almost like not shocking. It's like you're expected to be always top 16 again. That's no surprise. Does that change perspective now? Because, like you said, you want to be top eight, but when people see you play and they're like, oh, you're top 16, that's no surprise anymore. Does that mean anything different now? Well, I've never, I've never heard... I've, you don't really hear these comments, so it's, it's, it doesn't come as a surprise to me, but you don't really hear them. So, uh... I don't know. I don't know if it changes anything. It's, it feels good to hear that, but I don't know. I, I don't think it changes anything. 
Well, a lot of that comes through the Twitter universe where you'll hear people say, oh, the perfect example is, is a lot of, a lot of people on Twitter do, uh, pro tour drafts for fun. Mm -hmm. You're always taken that way. Oh yeah. I have to check that out. (laughs) Cause you're, cause of your consistency. Because it's like, oh, well, he's just going to make top 16 every time. This is going to give me so many points. Where if you take somebody else, they could finish 8th or they could finish out of everything. So I was just curious on that for your perspective of seeing how people look to you to do this all the time. Well, it's, it's, like to me, it doesn't change anything. If I, if I want to, if I, if I can win, I'll win. And just, <laughs> it's like, just, it shouldn't get into consider, like into. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't make any difference. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's been almost an hour now, and again, I really appreciate you doing this. I know it's like three in the afternoon your time, and to be able to get in like this and you don't do a lot of these so I really appreciate it you're welcome is, is there anything else you want to say to the people before we sign off uh, is there anything else uh, um, just keep rooting for me I hope I'll do better <laughs> better you just finished second <laughs> oh. better. Better is, second is not the best okay and, and that right there can explain why your career has been so successful. Because even though you finished second, it's, I should have been first. That's one of the reasons why there is so much, like in my case, just looking and reviewing over your history. That's why I have so much respect for you. Because 15 years in Magic is a long time. And you see players play about, you know, five, seven, eight years and then they suffer from burnout or move on that you've been able to do this so long and be so good at it is truly amazing and I'm hoping people get that from this week's interview well, thank you and for, for the Meta Magic, this is Robert Martin with Hall of Famer Raphael Levy signing out thank you for listening to the Meta Magic. you can contact me at themetamagic at gmail.com on Twitter under the Men of Magic or my personal account, the Beamy. This is Robert Martin, and again, thank you for listening.